0: gave for RCC all right so this is what God gave for RCC so I want you to look at this um, and unfortunately peace and love is permanently on the board <laughs> not sure what happened here but you know it's permanently on the board but uh, I, I did bring the board out because I wanted uh, you to write some things down and uh, the projector is down so some of you wondering what, what's going on with the words the projector is not working so you know, the enemy likes to jump in technology. So, But, you know, we're going to go back to the old school and get your manuals out, all right, which is your Bible, all right. Um, and we're going to work on that projector for 2018, get that together. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you so much. You kind of smacked me in the face with it, but it's like, right. <laughs> Let's get Pastor Rick a great amen. Woo-hoo. All right. Uh, so we're going to, I, I want to look at this, a couple of things. Let's look at the book of Joshua. This is going to bless you. I'm going to give you extra because you pressed today, all right? I know there's an Eagles game at one, and, you know, you know how people get when there's a game on. Uh, Rob was like, hurry up, hurry up, so it's his birthday. And, all right, Joshua chapter 1. Uh, if you've never read the book of Joshua, you definitely got to read the book of Joshua. It's a good book. It's a good book. And... Um, Josh, Brother Joshua has helped me get through a lot of things in some seasons. But I love the book of Joshua because it's, you got uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, right? And then when we talk about Joshua comes on the scene in full force, Sister Gail, in that first chapter because God says my servant Moses is dead. I mean, that's a great way to open up a book, right? I mean, my now, at verse 1 says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So God's like, next, let's move on. So God's always about the assignment, right? I mean, he loves us, he cares for us, but there's a big plan that's going on here, right? So uh, Joshua is mentored by Moses, gets a chance to see what's going on with Moses is to be. And then God speaks to him in this first chapter saying that Moses, my servant, is dead. Um, And we're going to read through this, a couple of highlights. I don't want to read the whole chapter, but I want to highlight a couple of things. Uh, And there's three words that I want to deal with uh, that I wrote down here in my notes. Is the word design. I'm going to write these words down. Uh, Design. This is going to help us for 20 18, purpose and position. All right, I hope you can understand my, I write in tongues, so I hope you understand my writing. All right, so design, purpose, and position. What happened? I, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> design, purpose, and position. All right, when we talk about design, I want you to write these things down. Design speaks of who you were created to be. When we speak of purpose, what you were created to do, and when we speak of position, where you were created to go, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I'm going to pour out extra for you today, all right? All right, so we got design. speaks of who you were created to be. We have purpose, what you were created to do. And then we have position. What you were, where you were created to go. All right, so what did God design you to do? B, what did God call you to do? Talks about purpose, and where did God call you to go deals with your position. Because, uh, and I love this, when I looked at design, let's look at design first, it was an awesome definition that I came across when I looked at design. We're gonna look at how this relates to the life of Joshua. Q, this is gonna be good. Design is the plan or drawing produced to show the function or workings of something, here it is, before it's ever made. Whew, man, that's good. Design shows the plan or drawing produced to show the function or workings of something before it's ever made. So when God puts you together, he first puts you together in his heart, in his mind and gave you a working and a function before he ever manifested you. So before the foundation, thank you, come on. Uh, I knew you when you was in your mother's belly, he said. Before you was even in your mother's belly, I have put you together. I gave you a design. I gave you a purpose to be, right? So you're not just existing. We're talking about what a God called you to do. I love this. Uh, sometimes who you are called to be is in the obedience of what you are called to do. Whew. Oh, that's good. To be that's good. That hit me in my spray when God gave that to me this morning. Sometimes who you are called to be is wrapped up in your obedience of what you are called to do. So who you are called to be may not be discovered until you are obedient on what God has called you to do. Come on, come on. Who, who, who you are designed to be may not be revealed until you walk in the purpose of what you're called to do. And as you are in your purpose doing what God called you to do, then you realize who you are. <laughs> uh, so, so sometimes you don't know who God has really called you to be until you start being obedient to what he's called you to do. Gosh. And as you are obedient to the do, then you become revelatory or revelation hits on who he's called you to be. Are you understand what I'm telling you? Because God doesn't just, he, he doesn't, I mean, it would be great if God just gave you to sit down one night and say, Q, I'm going to give you everything from A to Z, and this is how this is going to go. I mean, that would be fabulous. I would be in a better mood more times throughout the week, right? But that's just not how it goes, right? That, that, he says, listen, I want you to do, and as you do, I'm going to reveal to you who I've called you to be. Because if I gave you everything or I told you everything that you were called to be, you probably wouldn't go and do what I'm calling you to do. <laughs> I, if you knew what was involved in the do, you may not want to be the be. <laughs> come on, come on, because uh, you, you, you may say, no, 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 that's too much. I, I like the end product, but man, I don't like that stuff in the middle. I, I mean, the end product is always great, but, but nobody wants to be involved in the process my word, process, right? Uh, 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 when we go to the car lot, we like to buy the finished car. I mean, could you imagine going to the car lot and they tell you that, well, this car costs, you know, $40,000 and the pieces are going to arrive in the mail and you have to assemble the car before you drive. No, no, we want a finished product. That is how when we go to the store, we want to buy a finished product. If you're like me, I hate assembling anything. I mean, Christmas time is around the corner and there will be a lot of assemblage for me, right? I hate assembling anything, but, but we like things that are finished because it's the pain of assembling. Gosh. Man, come on, I'm almost there. It's the pain of putting it together. It's the pain of going in order to become who you were designed to be. Gosh, but if you can, if you can stick it out in the middle, if you can praise God in the middle, man, I'm trying to help somebody. If I can fake him when I'm confused and don't understand what's going on at work or at home or at church, man, if I can fake him in the middle, then I can become who he's designed me to be. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going to need this word in 2018 as they begin to cross over because there's things that God's going to call you to do, which is tied up with your purpose, and it reveal who he's designed you to be. Shh. Are you getting something today? I'm almost there. Joshua, and I love this, Joshua gets a word. Let's see how some of this applies to Joshua's life. Joshua gets a word. He is accustomed to seeing his mentor, Moses, lead two to three million people out of bondage, be responsible for feeding them, Be responsible for giving them drink, clothing, all those things, and making sure that all their needs are met. God did it, but they all looked to Moses to be their source or their connection to God. And Joshua, I'm sure there were many times Joshua said, man, it sucks to be Moses. Moses. I mean, who would want to be in Moses' shoes? I mean, all Joshua heard all day was that there were millions of people complaining about what they didn't have. I wish I was back in Egypt. I wish I was back in slavery. At least we got a square. It's like people that are in jail, you know. At least when I'm in jail, I get fed. I get beat up, but I get fed. You know, the, it's, the, it's the crazy mentality of being in captivity. And Joshua probably said, man, Moses, it sucks to be you. <laughs> I mean, who would want to do your job? And then Moses dies. And watch this. There's no mention prior to that, that when Moses goes on to be with the Lord, that Joshua was going to be the one. There's no prior mention that says that, Joshua, you get next to Moses because when he goes, God's going to do that. No, 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 no. That wasn't mentioned. It wasn't until Moses went on to be with the Lord that now Joshua gets a due assignment. Because he doesn't yet know who he's designed to be. But he gets a do assignment that puts him on the go so he can find out who he's designed to be. (laughs) Uh, He tells him in verse number two, Moses, my servant, is what? Is dead. Now, therefore, arise and do what? Go. Underline that word, go. Right? Gives him an assignment, go. Go. Sometimes you can't, the, the, the pieces of what God has called you to do will not be revealed while you're standing still. It only will be revealed as you go. You got, you, you, you got to go. You, some assignments are geographical, right? God will speak to you as you get there, when you, when, when you show up. The resources will appear when you get to where you need to be. The doors will be open when you show up. Are you hearing me? He says, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses from the wilderness to, the, uh, to Lebanon, even unto the great Euphrates. Now watch as he's mapping out the territory that he has given him. To possess, verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee. I mean, Joshua is feeling great. Here it is, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Now here it is, he's given his assignment. Your assignment is to take people that were in bondage and move them over to a place of promise. I mean, that's a tough assignment to move people that were in bondage to a place of promise. He's getting his assignment. Verse 7, only be thou strong. He says, so for this season, I don't want you to try to be Moses. I don't want you to try to be a great leader. I don't want you to try to be famous. I need you to be strong. And sometimes your season, your be will change from season to season. Gosh, you are not lateral. You're not just one. God didn't call you to be just one thing, right? It it gets revealed as you go. Uh, There's some of you that are great, At design, there's some of you that are great cooks. There's some, I mean, there's not one facet to you, there are multiple facets to you. And those facets God gave you in order for you to be accomplished at every assignment that He's called you to do. He says, uh, Hey, Joshua, starting off, the only thing I need you to focus on being is be strong and be courageous. Because if I gave you everything right now, you wouldn't understand it. Notice, God didn't mention to him any of the battles. God didn't tell him any of the headaches. God didn't tell him any of the trials. He says, guess what I called you to do? You're going to take the people. You're going to take the people from where they are to where they need to be. Oh, just be strong. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Just be courageous. I mean, I mean, Joshua was like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. I, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you too. I mean, there's no mention of all the headaches of the stuff that's in between in order for him to do what God has called him to do. Are you getting this today? Verse 7, only what? Be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to what? To do. So in this case, he says, Hey, I need you to be strong and courageous so that you can do what I called you to do. Because you can't do what I called you to do on your own strength. I'm calling you to do something great, something life changing. Design. Purpose, position, how you position your thought process, how you position how you see it, how you position how you respond to it is important. Don't respond by complaining, amen? Amen. But respond by praising God, knowing that He has everything under control. And be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Almost there, look at this turn not, turn not from it to the right. Turn not from it. Turn not from it. What is the it? Turn not from what I'm calling you to do. Do y'all see that? Don't turn from it to the right. Don't turn from it to the left. Don't turn from it at all. (laughs) Stay focused on it. Gosh. When God gives you an assignment, don't turn from it. And the enemy's job is to try to get you to turn from it. Y'all hear me? The enemy's assignment is to get you to be frustrated with it. The enemy's job is to get you to be mad at it, to be uh, overwhelmed by it. But he says, hey, don't turn from it. He didn't say, what why, what. why would I have to turn from it if it's so great? No, no, focus on it. Because your strength is when you focus on what he called you to do. Can I say it again? Your strength is when you focus on what he called you to do. Your weakness is when you turn from it. Gosh. God, how long? God, why? God, this. God, this. He says, don't turn from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. He says, you're prospering and what I've called you to do moving forward, growing in what i called you to do is going to come and it's predicate upon you not turning from it. So 2018, you're going to make it in your mind. This is the year you're not going to turn from what God has called you to do. Come on. You're not going to change your mind on what God has called you. Say, I'm not going to change my mind on what God's called me to do. Look at this. He says, turn from it that thou mayest observe to do it according to all that is written wherein. For then thou shalt make thy way, what? Prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse number nine, and we're going to read, uh, I'm going to read you two more scriptures. We're going to pray. Have not I commanded thee? Be what? strong, and of what? Good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Here it is. For the Lord thy God is with thee. Wherever you go, he's with you. Man, that's good stuff right there. I can preach that all by itself. He's, as you go, he's with you. As you push forward, he's with you. Because as I do, I'm going to become who I've been designed to be. What has God called you to do? Now look at the scripture. Look at, can I give you two more scriptures? Look at the scripture in the book, stay in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. When they talk about bringing over the ark, and I love this, I love this uh, passage if you've never read it before. Uh, chapter 3, look at verse number 8. This one verse, and thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of the Jordan, ye shall stand still in the Jordan. Now you see, after at verse, at the chapter one, uh, God uh, tells Joshua all these instructions. Joshua goes and he talks all the camp. Hey guys, this is what we're getting ready to do. Now remember, uh, he's not moving twenty people or hundred people, Pastor Rick. He's moving millions of people. In him is the capacity to move millions. What, what, what capacity do you have if you would actually let God allow you to do so you can become? Well, what capacity is in you that you let God allow you to do as you go so you can be? Uh, what he, and Joshua has in his obedience is the capacity to mobilize millions of people. I mean, think about how powerful that really is. But what if he did not step up to the challenge? What if he allowed people's voices to stop him from becoming who he was designed to be? Because if they can stop you from going, they can stop you from doing. If they can stop you from doing, they stop you from becoming. In him is is the capacity to move millions of people. And then he tells, mobilizes them and he says, okay, we're getting ready to cross over the Jordan uh, and the priests. And this is profound. The priests, when you read chapter 2, the priests go days ahead and he sends them with the ark, which where the glory of God dwelt at that time in the ark. And he says, listen, I want you to send the priests ahead with the ark and let them go ahead. And when they reach Jordan, they're going to stay there. And watch this. I, I love this part of the, of, of the scripture. And verse uh, number 11 Behold the Ark of the Covenant. This is verse chapter 3. Behold the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into the Jordan. Verse number 17. And the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on what? Dry ground in the midst of Jordan. All the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over it. He says the the priests are going to go in front of you. They have the Ark. In the, this is Jordan. They're standing in the middle of Jordan. Watch this. What was causing it to be impassable now becomes still. Whew, man, that's a whole thing by itself. Uh, he's in the middle of Jordan making everything that was impassable become passable. So he says for 2018, there were some things you couldn't get past, but you're going to get past because this is the season that God's going to make the impassable become passable. Man, are y'all hear me? here? I'm almost done. I just need somebody to get it. give me one amen somewhere. What was impassable is going to become passable because his presence is going to be in it. Gosh, he has to get in the thing that was blocking you from going forwards. So he's not not going to just give you a word and not get in the rough waters before you arrive there. If he's sending you there into the jungle, he's going to be there before you get there to make the jungle become a peaceful place. He says, I want you to get them, let the priests be in the water before the people get there. Now, this is is the revelation, because this is what happens. He says, the ark is there in the middle, and the people are going to pass over on dry ground, walking over into their promised place. Now, watch this. While the presence of the Lord is there, keeping what is messed up at peace, the people are going past the ark, going into their promised land. But it doesn't mean that he's not in the promised land. He's still in the water, keeping everything at peace. He said, "2018 is going to be the year that you're going to become the 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 the, the root, the anchor, and places that were impassable. God's going to let you go past. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. There were as I said, get ready to bring this to a close." There are four doors, and I want to read these scriptures that God's going to open for you in 2018. This is not my New Year's message, but I want you to to grab this because He says, as you begin to exit 2017, He's not finished with you yet. Come on, Shatabahaya. He's not finished with you yet. There's still some more work to be done in 2017, there's still some promises that He wants to release to you in 2017. But I want you to get your mindset together as we exit one and enter into another. Because when you exit one room, you have to enter into another space. And God said, that's what I'm going to do for you. The first door, and I want you to write this down, there are four kind of doors. Four kind of doors. Are you getting something today? Four kind of doors. The first door are doors that you open by force. Doors that you open by force. Now, none of these are bad doors, but you have to understand what season you're in and what door is in front of you. (laughs) Because understanding the door that's in front of you will determine the action that you, or the praise that you release, or the action that you release. So when we talk about opening a door by force, there's some doors that you have to force open. There's some doors that are not automatic. You have to literally physically go. And when I thought about that door, I said, God, what's an example of a forced door being opened that strength had to be taken? He said, Bartimaeus opened up a door. Blind Bartimaeus. Gosh, help me here. Who was sitting there, a blind man. Jesus had passed him already. And the Bible says he began to shout out, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody around him told him to be quiet. But the Bible says the more they told him to be quiet, what? The louder he got. Because what? He says, I don't know if this is it or Jesus is going to come back this way. But he said, I'm going to get this door open if it's the last thing I do. Sometimes you got to release a praise that forces a door open. Gosh. Come on, come on. Sometimes you got to release a praise that forces forces a door open. Bartimaeus says, I don't even know if it's my turn to be healed, but I'm going to make sure it's my time to be healed. I'm going to release a praise that's going to get Jesus to turn around and come back to where I am. And that's exactly what he did. So sometimes you have to what? You got to force that door open because there's spiritual forces that don't want that door to open. They want that door to stay closed. The enemy is not going to stand there. He's not your bellboy. He's not going to say, oh, come on in, yeah, let let God use you. Come on. (laughs) Come on in. Let miracles happen. No, 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 no. His job is to discourage you and to stop you from moving forward. Number one, doors that you open by force. Number two, there are doors that are opened by a code or a password. Doors that are open by code or password that someone may give to you. So in other words, uh, 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 if, if, if a door is locked and you are trying to get access, there are some doors, depending on where that door is or what that facility is, that only people that are authorized have the ability to put that code in the door and that door will open for you even though you have not been authorized. You have, oh gosh, yeah, come on, come on. You can't be authorized yet to open a door if you have not mastered what's behind the door. So you need someone who is authorized to open the door to give you access to it so you can master it. Some of you are looking like, what is he talking about? Jesus told the disciples, I'm sending you out two by two. And in my name, you shall cast out devils. Access. Come on, access. He says, you haven't mastered this yet, but you haven't prayed yet. You haven't fasted yet. He says, but I can give you access. Gosh, until you're able to do this on your own, I can put the code in that can open the door. He said, God said, there's some things that I've been locked to you that he's putting the code in to open the door. There are mentors, there are people that are in certain places of position and power that have the ability to open the door. There are jobs that you believe in God for to allow to come your way, that you don't have the resume, you don't have the connections, but somebody can open the door. Are are you understanding me here, somebody? I I remember when I was going for a job in in New York, uh, there was a friend of mine who knew the head of the HR person, and he put a phone call in to open the door. Applied twice, nothing happened, but somebody had the access code to open the door. There's some things that you are asking God to open, but God's going to send you somebody to open that door and put that access in. Are you receiving us here today? Two more. The third door that God's going to use, we're talking about the four different kind of doors. The The third door is the doors that are opened by faith. These are doors that you walk up to, or proximity to, and they respond to you. If you've ever walked into the supermarket, you don't have to open, a force open a door to the supermarket. When you walk into the supermarket, there's a sensor in front of that door. And when you get into proximity, those doors automatically open. He says that there are some doors that you're not going to have to push open. There's some doors nobody's going to have to access it open for you. There's some doors that he's already set to open for you. And all you have to do is get close enough and show up to where he's called you to be. You just have to go. All you got to do is go. And the door has already been given the instructions to open. I remember I went somewhere to a, uh, I was, went to a, a dinner, uh, and very, some very influential people, and there was a gentleman that looked at me and he says, I don't know, but I've seen you somewhere. And in my mind, said, you didn't see me. I said, you just may be my door that God has called to open. He says, some doors you don't have to push. And watch What I love about it is that the reason why those doors open at supermarkets automatically because they expect you to have stuff in your hand. They expect you to have some packages as you're walking out the door. In other words, you're not going to leave empty-handed. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? There are doors that have been designed to open when you get into proximity. Now, look at this Acts chapter 16. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. All right, so you won't think I'm making this up. Acts chapter 16. I'm going to show you how this applies to you in the Spirit. Now, listen, you can receive it or you don't have to receive it. That's fine. You can just keep, keep sitting by the door. Right? Because every time you get ready, if you, you go into the supermarket or somebody, there's always somebody outside the door begging. <laughs> right? Come on, come on, come on. Always somebody sitting outside. And, and again, I made up my mind. I'm not gonna be the one sitting outside begging. I'm gonna be the one that's walking through the doors. Somebody say, get in proximity of your door. Come on, you gotta be obedient. You gotta go. Because that door's waiting to open, but you're too far away from your door you in your comfort zone. <laughs> and sometimes God got to push you out of your comfort zone to get you close to your door. Are y'all hearing me here today? Acts 16, you have it, say I got it. I got it. I'm going to read two more, we, we're done, we have been good timing. 16, verse 26. Now you know the story, right? Paul and Silas are praying, right? They've been in jail for preaching the gospel. They're in jail. Man, this is going to get good. Watch this. Just in proximity. And at midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, man, that's a good preach right there. I can preach that there. If I, if I was in a good church, I can, I, can, I can work that suddenly. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors, and immediately... All the doors were open, and watch this, not Paul and Silas only, everyone's bands were loose. All the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. Watch this, everyone that was locked up in that prison, because they were in proximity of Paul and Silas, their doors opened too. Are y'all hearing me here, somebody? Their doors open too. I'm praying that as God opens doors for RCC, because you are connected and you are in proximity to RCC, your doors are going to be open as well. Doors of opportunity that you are trying to push open will become open. I've gotten in the midst of great people in certain seasons of my life and had doors open that I never could have opened myself. Just how it goes. Those are spiritual laws. That's just how it goes. Disciples had access to spiritual authority because they were with Jesus. And doors that were closed to everybody else was open to them. These prisoners had their doors open because they heard and they were in proximity to the sound of praise. The sound of Paul and Silas. They heard them praising God and immediately their doors began to open. Somebody say doors are opening for you. Come on, say, doors are opening for me. The last one, number four, and we're done. And we're just going to read Acts 5. Just hold the Acts 5. That's the last scripture we're going to read. Acts chapter 5. Man, I wish y'all would get excited about this. I wish Rob would just start jumping and shouting. I, I, did, I know God is here, you know. Uh, verse <laughs> number four. You ready? This is the last one. You ready for this one? The fourth door are timed doors, timed doors, timed. I remember working in the branches, and we would set before we left the branch at night, and the door was probably, I mean, feet thick. We, there were three clocks, and you were set two in the morning, for the next day for it to open up, and when you got ready to close the branch, you came back and somebody had to set the last clock, just in case the first two were set wrong. Each clock that was set had to be observed, had to be a clock setter and an observer. This is how how sensitive timing is. And the morning you come in, you set the two clocks. One person set the clock, another person's watching you, and they have to come, the camera sees you, and look and physically walk, look at the time and make sure it's correct. At the end of the day when you're closing the branch, you have to set the last clock. And somebody has to watch you, you have to set the last clock at the end of the day just in case the person with the first one did not do their job correctly. You close the vault, you, you turn the thing, and no matter what you do, you cannot open that door until it is time to open that door. gosh. No matter how hard you try. Now, there have been times when people have incorrectly set the time. And the door that was supposed to open at 7 a.m. because they mixed up the date, there was a holiday, whatever it was, they did it wrong did not open for the whole day. Now, of course, they lost their job because the door didn't open up. But again, that door, they couldn't call a locksmith in. They couldn't call anybody. All they can do is wait for the time to expire in order for that door to open. There are some doors that you are not ready to walk through. Gosh. And it's only at a set time that those doors are open. God has a set time when he's going to allow that door to open. He has a set time when he's going to favor you with this particular thing. He has a set, the Bible speaks of set times all through the Bible and at the set time and at the right time. These are doors without time doors. There's some doors that the enemy has been trying to keep closed that 2018 I believe are going to be set times that these doors are going to open for you. Look at this last scripture in the book of Acts chapter 5. And this is a time door. Chapter 5, verse number 19. we got to say I got it. Now, again, they were, they were locked up. I mean, the apostles, in, I mean, they were always getting locked up. I mean, they were like, they stayed in jail, right? But they, they stayed in jail because they were preaching the gospel, right? They weren't criminals, but they were preaching the gospel. This last couple of verses, look at this. We're going to pray. But the angel of the Lord by what? by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple of the people all the words of this life. They were locked up, but the angel of the Lord at night, that set time, opened the door, let them out, and escorted them to what their next assignment was. There's some doors that no matter what you do, they are timed doors. At a set time, God's going to allow those doors to be open. Are you understanding me here, somebody? There's set doors. Uh, well, well, I, I want to, I, I'm believing God to get my own business. Well, there's some things you need to learn first before God opens that door. Uh, I'm sure Uriah would love to drive now, but at 13, is not his set time to drive, right? There's a, there is a process that he has to go through in order to be authorized in order for that time, and the state sets it. Well, New York is 18. I don't know what it is in PA. Is it 16? 15, 15 in PA is set that you can drive, right? That's the time, that door to have access to a vehicle legally is a set time. There's, some time. there's some doors that are set that will not open until the set time. But you have to stay doing and going until that time arrives. Can I say that again? You have to stay doing and going until that time arrives. Because if you give up just before the door, man, and, and think about, you can close your Bibles, I'm done. Think about the fact that when Peter was walking on water, he was so close to Jesus that Jesus was able to reach his hand out and grab him. I mean, that's pretty close. Here it is, can I walk on water? Yeah, you can walk on water. He's walking, walks, and the more he got closer to Jesus, the door, the way, the truth, and the life, the more he got closer to Jesus, the worse the storm got. And he started sinking and sinking. He was right there at his set time. But the storm caused him to take his eye off of the word. The enemy wants to frustrate you so that you never allow that set door to open that has been designed to open for you at a set time. Gosh. Being where God has called you to be. Doing what he's called you to do. I want you to put your Bibles down. I want you to stand to your feet. Gosh. You are going to be, do, and go. This is the season that you're going to walk into who he's designed you to be. You're going to fulfill the purpose so that you can do what he designed you to do. And he's going to position you so that you can go where he's called you to go. You don't need a whole... Dictionary of things. He says, if you focus on these three things, be, do, go. Design, purpose, and position. God's going to reposition some of us before this year is over so that we can go in the right direction. Some of us are positioned in the wrong direction. But God is shaking some things up, shaking some people loose so that you can be free to go in the position he's called you to go into. Are, Are you hearing what I'm telling you here today? I want you to just lift those hands up and I want you just to begin to just talk to the Lord and ask God, God, I, I, I want to walk into the fullness of who you designed me to be. <laughs> I want to walk into fullness and do all that you called me to do and I don't want to leave nothing undone and not be where you called me to go like you told Joshua, hey, I've, I got a purpose for you, Joshua. I have an assignment for you. I have a work for you to do. I have a place for you to go. I have who I've called you to be, but it's predicate on what I do and where I go. Your greatness can be released or it can stay locked. It is released through your obedience, but it's locked through your disobedience. At the end of the day, when we stand before God, I want to be able to tell God I gave it everything I had. I tried everything I could to do what you've called me to do. My wife and I were talking the other day and I said, 2018, we have to give it everything we have. But everything in our body, every cell, every ounce of strength, we got to give it. We gotta release it. We gotta let it go. So that when we stand before God, because I did everything that I knew how to do in order to bring you glory. Don't give up, because there's a time door that's right in front of you. And some of you are two minutes away, five minutes away, ten minutes away. One praise away, two praise away, three. You're right there. And if the enemy can get you frustrated and overwhelmed and discouraged to give up, that door will open, but somebody else will walk through it. <laughs> that door will open, but somebody else will enjoy the fruits of that door being open. That door will open but you won't benefit from what's on the other side of that door. There's some doors you got to force open. There's some doors that are open because of the proximity of who you're connected to. There's some doors that are open only by faith. And there are doors that are time doors. Understanding what season you're in is important. Some seasons you got to push. Some seasons you got to pray, you got to fight, you got to war. Some seasons you just got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. (laughs) Some seasons you just got to wait until he says time. I'm there, I'm at my appointment, I'm early, I'm here. If you're like me, I'm an early guy. I like to be where I'm supposed to be a little bit early. That's just just my make. I never get there on time because, you know, my grandfather used to say if you're on time, you're late, he said, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. That's, that's what he used to say. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. And that's always stuck with me because he meant what he said. <laughs> and anytime I have an appointment, I'm always there early. Because I want to make sure I'm on time. And sometimes you're at the door. You're like, God, what's going on? He says, I know you're here. Just, just hold on. Just hold on. Just wait a just, just wait a minute. Some things are being put in place, and while you're just doing that, I'm just working something out in you. Be encouraged. Know that God has the perfect plan for the perfect you. You have to know that. You gotta believe that. For about 20 seconds, just lift those hands up and just worship him for a minute. and Just let your heart talk to God. Come on, talk to him.